Do you speak their tongue? Tell them to lift their swords. Everybody's fine, except the Dothraki, but they're savages. This is spoilers. (laughs) Too soon. Way too soon. Hey, everybody. This is a special episode of Spoilers, Game of Three, Episode 3 of Season 8. Game of Three. Game of Three, the new show. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Spoilers. Uh, We have a special guest with us today. Pixie Bomber, also known as Renee on Earth. Thanks for joining us, Renee. Thank you. I'm introducing you first because I think you are just the most pumped out of anyone about this show and this episode. Do you think that's true? Stevie's pretty pumped. I don't know. The hype. I mean, I'm so. I watched it twice so far, so I'm pretty excited. That is awesome. Uh, Pappy, spoilers creator, where uh, you record? How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm recording from Denver, Colorado. We got a bunch of snow today, um, but I stayed up late watching this episode because my internet kept crapping out on me the first time, um, so I'm a little sleepy, but I am pretty excited to talk about the biggest battle sequence ever filmed or something. Or something. I don't think we said where Pixie Bomb is recording out of. Oh, no, we, we skipped over the fact that I'm in Seattle, Washington. And, uh, Brett, you're in Fort Wayne. How, how are you doing? Where's your hype level for this episode? Uh, it's pretty high. Uh, I've been on a huge Game of Thrones tear the last two and a half weeks, and yeah, it's pretty high. I'm, I really enjoyed it last night. I'm so jealous you got to watch, like, all of season five in one shot, and I don't have to wait week after week after yep. week of that season. Yeah, plus, again, that was, like, the last season that I knew what most things were going to happen because all that stuff happens in the book. And then 6-7 was all like new stuff pretty much. So nice. So is it fair to explain to the audience, I think Brett has been binging and trying to catch up so he could join us for this podcast or just for your personal yeah, enjoyment? We, <laughs> uh, no, personal enjoyment, but I, you know, I wouldn't mind being on the pod. We watched 10 episodes on Saturday. Oh, wow. <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. So, I mean, that encompassed three seasons, I believe. So... Yeah, we were ready, and now it sucks that I have to wait. I wasn't able to watch the episode till this morning, and I was completely terrified of being online. So I don't know how you lived for several years. Uh, Stevie, last but not least, uh, where are you out of tonight? And just put it put it out there where your hype level is. Um, I'm recording from Elkhart, Indiana. I'm literally like half a mile away from you, Josh. I know. And uh, <laughs> my hype level is at like an 11, 12 out of 10. Where's Mikey's? Who's yeah, not on he'd the say Lego? Yeah. <laughs> Mikey's rocking a solid three. Yeah. And we will get to Mikey's rant. Um, he wrote us a. I I think if it's structured like this, it's 
technically a manifesto, but he wrote <laughs> us a document, and um, we'll read that later. Um, manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's just get into the plot here. Uh, Pixie, start us off. Uh, we start with like 10 minutes before there's any bloodshed. What's going on here? So it's, there's a slow build going, and then you see Melisandre light the Darth Raki swords. And it was the cinematography was brilliant in how they lit up. And then she said to Davos, I'll be dead before the dawn. And then she turns around and her and Arya have that stare down. Which, it's because they're Eskimo sisters, right? Well, they are now. Oh, yeah, I guess oh, they are. Yeah. They're Patty Ma- they're Patty Maynays, <laughs> bros. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's an old deep cut, guys. <laughs> you have to go back to Point Break. But anyway, yeah, Renee, Pixie Bomber, if you want to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole, I have notes, so many notes. Uh, so the first wave of the Dothraki horsemen charge. Well, let's, let's not get into any bloodshed. Do you have any notes that are prior to that? Because there's like a solid 10 minutes here before. Yeah, probably 10 minutes, yeah. Uh, no, I don't have like any specific notes about before the run point. But what's the feeling like in Winterfell as we're waiting for this battle to start? There's, I think it depends on the character. Because I saw different expressions from different people. So, I mean, there seemed to be some level of anguish, some level of fear. And then some frustrated that they had to be down in the crypts. And I think it really varies on the person. Pap, did you have any of these that like really stuck out to you at the beginning before they started fighting? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I know Tyrion looked all grumpy, kind of to Pixie Bomber's point. They had to go down in the crypts. Um, I mean, this whole sequence is really excellently done too, because you kind of get a a sense of the formation that they're in. They got a couple trebuchets. They got the trenches, which are like some big wooden spikes. Um, and then they got who's in the front lines? You have Grey Worm, the Dothrakis, uh, Jamie Brienne, Tormund, yeah. Tormund, yeah. yeah. So. I was thinking at that point, oh, all these guys are dead. And then you got Theon wheeling a uh, boring brand out to the weirwood tree. <laughs> yeah. Instead of getting through the whole battles, we already touched on some of the characters that are in the front line, Pap. Why don't you send us into a section and we'll just kind of wrap up those characters. So, like, what happened to Jamie and Bran here? They're in the, they start on the front line. and I mean, the wave of the dead just kind of like washes over everybody in the front line. And I don't want to skip over either that awesome scene that Pixie Bomber was talking about with the Dothraki uh, light swords. But I think Jamie and Brienne, after after the wave kind of hits them, they end up falling back. And I think there's a couple of shots where, does Jamie save her? He does. Yes, and like yeah. immediately. Yeah, immediately. Okay. And then she saves him like two minutes later. Yeah. A lot of back and forth saving going on. Oh, yeah. Did you guys feel like Jamie's fighting really well without a right hand? Yes. I think he yeah. adapted the best that he could. He's kicking ass out there. He's doing a really Yeah, he's job. doing really well. I was very surprised. I was really worried about him. I mean, Braun taught him how to sword fight. That's true. Ill and pain in the books, but no. Ne- yes, thank you for that. So what ends up happening with Jamie and Bran, and how does their arc end? Their arc, um, it's really neat, actually. Kind of like, I'm with you guys. I thought Jamie and Bren were going to like die in the first five seconds. 
I was like, I mean, especially with like the White Walkers uh, are pretty much the undead. It was like a wave of the undead. They were like running on top of each other. It was like a giant tidal wave and people just get taken out left and right. But um, Jamie and Brienne end up falling back in the castle and they end up um, pretty much holding like, I guess you could say like the roof line of the castle and they start World War Zing it as best as they can. <laughs> <laughs> then they end up falling back again where they are just literally fighting to exhaustion where I just thought any minute one of them is going to fall. Yeah, so Grey Worm and Sam and... They they kind of do the same thing, right? I mean, Sam's mostly just like crowd surfing and chilling on top of dead bodies the whole time. But Sam was like Matt Damon and Saving Private Ryan. He was just crying the whole time. It was really weird. <laughs> but I mean, all these guys survived. It's almost like they had a different set for each. They're like, here's Jamie's set where he's killing a bunch of people. Here's Brienne's set where she's killing a bunch of people. And I think everyone but Dolores Ed makes it to the very end here, right? My boy, Ed, oh, Ed, Ed was the was first. Awesome. Yeah, it was the first big was a Sam guy. Yeah, typical Sam. But there's also a tremendous shot on top of the castle where it's like really hazy, like hazy firelight, and you just see the silhouettes of Jamie and Brienne fighting side by side. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. They really exceeded well the cinematography that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought Grey Worm was gonna die. Pixie, he doesn't. Were you surprised by that? No, I knew he was going to hold out a little bit longer. I In my list of 38 people, 37 people, I have him living. How many people did you have dying? living? Yeah. Um, I haven't done those numbers. I'm just tracking the dead versus my total. <laughs> you think it's like half and half or did you have most people dying? Because that's like a huge point. Oh, no. It's a huge percentage rate is dying. Like, it's probably a third if not three quarters of everybody just getting killed off but i like the deaths and murders so there we go so are you disappointed in this as a whole because it's really a bunch of red shirts that died in this episode yeah i wouldn't call the night king a red shirt (laughs) dang like a blue shirt okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but to, to that point josh i was kind of like not upset but like when to to bring it back to that Dothraki charge when like Jorah and Ghost and like all those guys go running out and it is one of like the best shots of the whole episode like I've heard like a bunch of other people say how much they loved it like when, when the little lights go out one by one like yeah. I thought okay that's how Jorah died like I was ready to accept damn that was a cold blooded yes. way to kill Jorah uh, but then he, then yeah, he comes running yeah. back it's like oh really he made it like. He gives Tormund that look like, bro, we are done for. <laughs> like, they give each other that slow motion look. It's hilarious. Well, not to mention, too, like, he's supposed to be, like, these are these characters who have the spotlight on them. They're supposed to be, like, big heroes. You know what I mean? So the fact that everyone else died and he kind of ran away, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of a chicken shit little move by can't, Jorah. Can't save anybody if you're dead, man. Well, it's true. That, that shot... No matter how cool it's looking, I think a huge point of debate here and on our thread and Twitter and everything is like, why you got to send the Dothraki out there like that? That's like a suicide move. Yeah, I was convinced that like uh, that it was a good call. And you guys definitely talked me out of it. Like in a normal battle, I think it would have been a good call. But you said it perfectly, Josh. I mean, yeah, the Dothraki like to be in horses and they like to charge and stuff. But you... You're right. They should have like had them flank 
them or come in on the side, you know, just kind of cut through them, go back and forth. Uh, so you convinced me of that for sure. Well, not to bounce kind around between a- the characters too much, but like, I mean, you'd have to assume like the, the way they prepared the castle and the multiple layers of defenses and everything, like they probably had to like think there's at least a 50-50 shot that that was going to totally fall like on its ass and fail. But as soon as it does, Danny like freaks out and like abandons the plan of like sabotaging him with the dragons. Like it's a huge misstep on her part to do that. Maybe she realized that dragons should have been out there like mopping up from the very Do the first go. sweep. Mm-hmm. At least slow him down. I didn't. I think that I didn't really. Ice spear like really freaked her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like, I would be a little gun dying. shy if I were her. That's true. So, yeah, I think that's. I think that changed the game. But it was beautiful watching it fly. Though. The Night King was like Uncle Rico mm-hmm. in the previous season. He threw that spear a mile. Yeah, man. The dragon. <laughs> was <laughs> anybody else mountains. super nervous when he threw that one? Yes. In the I thought we we're gonna go oh, back man, to that I was like, please. episode. That was a good part. No, that was that was devastating. Pappy, I didn't realize that she was like breaking protocol there, honestly, until I watched the after episode. Did you catch that on the first watch? Yeah, I mean, I did because John's like, we're, like the Night King's not here, and she's like, the dead are here, and she just leaves, and you can tell like it wasn't like part of the plan. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it was reinforced by that second part, but yeah, I did kind of catch that the first time. She's kind of nice. doing her own thing at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's take the plot to the next. Uh, level of characters as I have it in my notes. Uh, Brett, there's a couple people in the crypt that we know. Who's down there? Well, we got uh, Tyrion. At first, uh, Sansa's not down there. She comes in shortly after it starts. Uh, got Varys, and then a bunch of the lords and ladies, or the ladies of House Winterfell and the maybe the Mandalays and all those people. Uh, who else is in there? Tyrion. Who cares? Yeah, Tyrion. A. Who cares? B. Sandra. Reg- Little Sam. Is she? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's that huge conversation between the first conversation between Stanza and Tyrion, and they mention the word Dragon Queen, and she gets all pissy, and she goes and she walks off. Oh, oh Masande. Yeah. Masande. I thought you said. I thought you said Melisande. She was yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, Masande. I don't yeah, think that was, was what there. they were. I don't think they were talking trash about. That's Danny. who I meant. No. Yeah, but I think she took it as a slight, so... She did. Yeah. Just relax. You're all about to die anyway. <laughs> Pretty much everyone in... Like, a lot of people in the crypt die, too, don't they, Brett? Oh, yeah. I think that... Uh, I think... I, I'm surprised they didn't... Well, have we ever actually seen the Night King do his little raise-up thing? Hard home. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. With the... Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. So... <laughs> Yeah, they take a shirt off, twist around the head like a helicopter. Um, um, playing in the background. I, I, I'll do you a favor and not wrap that. Um, yeah, they. I'm surprised they didn't see that one coming because that really backfired. It almost was comedic. I'm sorry that, like, they were just chasing him around. It wasn't comedic, but almost comedic. I knew that he would raise up people, and the crypts would suddenly come tumbling out. Like that scene, I was like, oh, finally, we get to see the people in the crypts come out. Man, I did not want to see 
Oof, I didn't God. think it was gonna happen until I saw this meme on Reddit, and it was Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove, and he's like, <laughs> "Right, the crypts that are safe. The crypts that are safe from the Night King. The crypts that are safe for the dead. Right." <laughs> Goose goes foot. As soon as I saw that meme, I was like, "Oh yeah, they're definitely gonna come out of the crypts." <laughs> I just didn't want to see like headless Ned Stark come out. Well, I had a pet theory that didn't come true. A part A was that like when Starks, because like the Stark bloodline has something special with it. When they're raised from the dead like this, wolves. They're like, no, they're like ready for winter, so they come back like cold hands and not like super bad. So they would just start whipping ass. And then I was like, oh, we might have a Sean Bean return, but or even a Lady Stoneheart. I thought maybe, but yeah, Sean Bean would be painful to watch though. To watch him so, die again. Yeah. <laughs> We've already Is seen him die in like dead 18 movies. That he can raise? Or, did, or were those people killed by whites? Like, I don't understand the mythology there. I mean, like, when he raised up Lady Mormont and her eyes turned bright blue right at the camera. Yeah, so but creepy. she was killed by that giant who was a white. So I, I, that's why I was confused. Like, I feel like we should have seen Sean Bean. Or, I don't know. I don't understand, like, like it doesn't matter anymore. He's gone. Maybe but. just control of any dead. I, I think guess. Or at least in, like, the vicinity or something. I mean, Sean Bean was actually, like, a box of bones, right? I don't know if he... They put beetles inside with their decomposition, so who knows what state he's in. Oh, dang. <laughs> Did anybody else think that Tyrion had, like, a big point that... He could have helped with the battle and the tactical situations going on. I thought for sure when he was saying something like, when talking to this, uh, Varys about what if there's something we can see that nobody else can see. I thought for sure he was going to leave, but it kind of just, Varys talked him out of it or something. He probably could have, but he would have died. He would have died instantly. After the Dorthraki got taken out, all bets were off. There was no plan. Yeah. Somebody would have tried to sacrifice their life for him, and then he would still died anyway. Yes. Moving on, we have our romance dragon partnership, Stevie. What were Dan and John doing this episode? So the whole point was to draw out the Night Kings. You kill the Night King, you kill the, de- the army of the dead. And so um, really they were when they weren't mowing people down in the fields and saving them people every now and then, uh, they're the ones that really brought out what could be called, I guess, the Winds of Winter, that giant black cloud storm that threw everything off. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they obviously got lost in the clouds for a while during the storm, but eventually they found the Night King, and when they went up above the cloud line, like towards the moon, it looked beautiful. And uh, pretty much they were just fighting the Night King on a dragon the whole time until they threw him off. Felt like John spent a lot of this episode blind and just holding on for dear life, kind of. And running from yeah, the well, ice dragon. Well, they were both blind because didn't they, they run into, each, into other. each other full on? Yeah. Ouch. Well, like, technically they flew into each other, I guess, but. That's how I broke my arm in sophomore year. Well, I wasn't on a dragon, so never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were? Josh was riding that dragon, <laughs> broke his arm. <laughs> Been chasing that dragon ever since. Uh, so Pixie, do you do you like John and Danny and how they kind of try to take on this Ice King and his dragon as a combo? It didn't seem cohesive, like eventually because she was doing her own thing. But I think one of the better lines is 
after John falls off, he looks to Danny and he says, Bran, and she just says, go. So it was that moment of like, you know, minimal words and you understand everything in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of went about their own ways. How do you think their relationship is doing right now? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to add something to that, but. Uh, We'll find out next week. I mean, it's hard to tell because they weren't really united in the same way when they went on the Magic Dragon ride. That's what I'm saying. They like she's been. I wonder what they would have been like if they would have been more in sync. If they were still, you know, before he found out he banged his aunt. Like she's been super bitter towards him, and he's been super weird towards her. I wonder if they would have had a better chemistry working together if they were still kind of like goo goo over each other. But I don't know. As a woman, I think she is processing some things, and so that's why she's <laughs> acting the way she is. <laughs> Processing can wait until after the war's over. She can take her anger out. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Is Rhaegal dead or whatever the dragon John was on? He alive? Are you sure? No, they're both alive. Yeah. kept being yeah. Wifey kept being really worried about that, and uh, they're definitely alive. He just kind of like I don't know, just kind of ran away or whatever. (gasps) All the dragons were dead at one point. I forgot to put the dragons on my death list. Well, only one died, so... Viserion well, died. you know, after that one, but the other two. Oh, well. I hope they don't die. I know, that's so let's, probably I'm liking to add them on. Stevie, let's hit back to you. Let's wrap up this Danny John arc. What what ends up happening to both of them at the very end? Well, I mean, they, they go their separate ways, obviously. I mean, John tries to run after the Night King after um, Danny saves him. That's when he starts raising the dead. Danny ends up getting uh, fl- like flung off her dragon to have Jorah come save her. And the guy she put in the friend zone for eight seasons finally dies in her arms. It was a very sad scene. It was beautiful. Uh, it was a really cool scene. I mean, yeah. it was it was perfect for Jorah because he got to, you know, die saving the woman that he loved. And then once uh, Jon Snow gets in the castle, it was one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. It's when Sam is uh. Sam's crying on the ground, like, he's like ah! <laughs> and John's Just and John's like, by. dude, he's like, I've had enough of this. Just die. He's like, I've saved you too many times. Just walks on by him. He's so frustrated at that point. And there's so many long shots in this episode that I love, like from the beginning, but also with John. There's a lot of long tracking shots when he's like going through the castle. And it looked really neat when the bodies started falling from um, Drogon, like throwing him off into the castle. Mm-hmm. That looked awesome. But eventually he ends up getting cornered uh, by Viserion, just uh, hiding behind a brick wall as Blue Flame is trying to uh, destroy him. And it was a pretty neat how it ended because you could just tell John was fed up. I don't know if it was the pressures of everyone asking him to be king, you know, trying to win this war. He thought all hope was lost, but... Dude was ready to commit suicide by dragon, and it was really cool, especially with uh, the Night King score playing in the background. Maybe he's immune to blue dragon fire, just like the Night King's immune to <laughs> red Ooh, dragon fire. Could be. Do we know? Do we know if he's immune to fire at all? I don't know. Like, has he ever encountered it? Like, I was uh, just wondering if he was kind like of in the same way immune Danny to is? fire, like Danny. Yeah, I never thought of that. Well, I, I think I don't think he's ever encountered fire, so well, that's why. The f- I mean. 
even the Danny's God of Light was, like a, was once... a fire, so I mean, there's a whole different layer there. Danny's not just going to not be burned every time she's touched by fire. It was like certain things lining up. It's lore, I guys. I think there's like from back in like my really like when I was super into like every detail, there was like and before John was confirmed, there was like one scene early on, like when that white hand was was in Castle Black. I think he picks up something hot and it burns his hand. And that was always like the evidence that, oh, he's not a. Oh. Uh, but I mean, I'm a super minor. So. Speaking of burning, my next thing to hit up in my notes um, after John is like pinned down and Danny. Jorah does have a beautiful death. He's a beautiful man. I hope I look like that when I'm 65 or 70 Same. or whatever. But <laughs> let's hit up the red woman. Um, I already had that sick joke about Eskimo sisters and Pixie already said like her and Arya saw each other, but she lights the Dothraki's swords on fire. That's like her first act of help. And it doesn't seem to help all too much. Um, Brett, what was his second, what was the second thing she tried to do to kind of help the army out of the living? Well, they can't, uh, well, Danny has completely gone off the grid. Like her job was to light the, is that what you're talking about? Lighting the torch, yeah. the trench. Yeah, yeah like the, the trench. And so they keep trying to shoot arrows at it, but it's not like catching. So the uh, unsullied, like an honor guard or whatever, takes her out there. And she just starts like, it reminded me of Indiana Jones at Temple of Doom, if anyone knows the <laughs> priest who keeps repeating whatever he says. But she keeps repeating her thing. And she's like, I think she's like losing faith that it's not going to work. I, man, that was just like a really close yeah, call. Yeah, she shows some frustration in her face. So yeah, and finally she's about. Uh, they're about to get through, or uh, what's what's coming at her? Bunch of dead people. Just a bunch of whites. <laughs> Another, so yeah, yeah, white walkers. So, and then she finally gets at the spark. So, she, so the trenches light up. And they Danny, all light up. So, yep. Danny finally shows back up right at the end there. Red woman lights up the torches and the whole like undead army just kind of stops after a few of them burn. So they all have like this collective consciousness thing going on, I guess. Um, did anybody else think it was like super funny, but also kind of awesome the way that they ended up getting across this fire? Yes, <laughs> it was pretty funny for sure. Describe it for the listener, Brett. Uh, well, like the Night King, like sends like a message to them, right? Like they just go and start laying on the fire, and eventually, kind of just a human bridge. P- put it out, yeah. <laughs> like they, it is like a bridge, but they also kind of stifle the fire. So it's like the uh, happening. I've never seen that, but that's from every little clip I've seen. That seems right. Has anybody ever I seen have a the question. happening? No. no yes, Pat. Does is there some kind of timing to where the Night King has to kill the Three Eyed Raven? Like, why are they in a hurry? They've got the castle surrounded. There's a limited amount of food, and that fire is just going to burn out eventually. Like, what's what's I think the he's rush? cocky? Uh, I mean, he could have done. He could have raised the dead multiple times earlier, but he chose to do it. I don't know. I mean, I think he's just cocky. I think he's arrogant. I don't think he's scared of anything. I just think he needs to learn some siege tactics. That's what the Night King needs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think tactics were on his mind. I think he had a goal objective and he was going to push and go until he got it. True. 
Yep. We'll get back to the Night King in just a minute, too. Um, Brett, finish us out with the Red Woman. She she kind of urges Arya to do her thing. And then how does she... When's the last we see of... What is the last we see of the Red Woman ever, I think? Well, when the battle's over, she... Well, I guess but she has that conversation with Arya, which could, may or may not have something to do with Cersei, but that's for a different time, I guess. But um, she just kind of walks out, takes her, uh, it's kind of like the scene from Titanic where the old lady takes the necklace off and dumps it. And she just <laughs> it goes did out. feel like the Titanic. That is. Nice. And then she just goes and dies. and Because Davos was probably going to kill her. Maybe or thank her. I don't know. I couldn't tell. I couldn't get a beat on her, on him. So, so yeah, it's that's the end of the Red Woman. She turns all old and takes a nap. She l- a dirt let nap. it go. Nice nap. Let it go. Yep, for sure. <laughs> the cold kind of bothered her anyway. <laughs> nice. Moving on, uh, Pap. I had to skip over it for a second, but let's get to it now. Bran and Theon are out there in the Godswood. Theon and his team are like holding down the fort. What happens, and then let's get into this whole brand Night King thing a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely should have brought this up on last week's episode, but I was having way too much fun with uh, the blood <laughs> of Christ on Easter, so I apologize about that. But I I texted you about this last night, Josh, and you didn't text me back per usual. I hadn't seen it yet. You turned. And I said, the more I think about it, the more... It's- that the Night King's whole goal is just to kill Bran is probably one of the stupidest plot points in the history of the show. Like, it is so shoehorned in, and everyone just instantly accepts it, and that's just, like, becomes the whole basis for this battle. But the whole time... I mean, I don't like Three-Eyed Raven Bran. Like I said, I called him Boring Bran earlier, but he's just chilling there. He's just stoned. By the gods, and he's, like, channeling some ravens. Like, I thought he was going to, like warg into a dragon at first or do something cool with his powers Me i got too. i got excited for a second but no he's just gonna fly around with some some raves but he doesn't do bit. any recon with the ravens even he just stays in his conked out state even not just get ahead too far but even when he's saved at the last second his face is so expressionless to the point where it like really irks me like dude you're not even gonna smile that you just got saved i don't i don't know but i mean yeah there's not really much to say about him i mean Josh, you're a book reader, and Brett, you're a book reader. Does, does that not bother you that like the whole thing is to kill the three-eyed raven? Like it's it's just disappointing. I don't, I don't know. They explain it in the show. I mean, I thought the explanation was good enough. Might not seem important to us, but it's apparently important to the White Walkers. Yes. Just to wipe the the memory of the people off the face of the earth. They kill him, and then they go burn the citadel. I mean, it's pretty much. But. In show, Game over. in show canon, like the children of the forest made him the Night King. Why is his beef with the three eyed? Like, why is he not? Why is he marching south now? Like, why wasn't he marching north the whole time to around to surround that little fort thing and take them out? I don't because they couldn't get in there. They couldn't travel in there until he marked Bran. Mm. He says that in the show, like. They said, but they can't come in here. And he said, the Three-Eyed Raven said he can now. He's marked. So he's prophetic he's, enough to know that Bran's going to eventually march, march south, but he's not prophetic enough to, like, if we just surround this castle for four days, they're all going to starve to death, then we're good. Like, I, just, I think <laughs> the arm is just like a GPS device. Hmm. Well, let's look even bigger picture. 
the Night King's goal, according to Bran and like the impetus for all this, is that he wants there to be nothing forever, like the infinite night of nothingness. So, like, why did the children of men create that? <laughs> and yeah, why? Why did they create them? Yeah. It was to fight humans. It was to fight humans because they were like burning their trees and cutting them down. And no, it was a mistake, obviously. I yeah, think they I know probably the story of the but... Lorax, but why was they... <laughs> <laughs> what This thing is creating just as much environmental disaster as the humans ever would. It's like Fern Gully. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but I, to get back to Bran, like I said, he's just sitting there not doing much, but Theon. Theon, on the other hand, has a pretty badass little arc here. I don't know if he's Balling out. next yep. on your list, but yeah, no, you're you're here. You're in the spotlight, Pap. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, he's leading the troops. He's holding everybody down. He's he says, "Make every shot count. Hold your fire to see the whites of their eyes or the blues of their eyes." And he's uh, letting loose all these flaming arrows. And uh, basically, when all hope is lost, like. He looks at Bran, and, and you know, there's definitely some history there because we, we thought for a moment that he'd killed Bran, and he'd, he'd really just killed those two other kids and kicked Bran out of his house. But but the three-eyed raven <laughs> looks at Theon, and he goes, you're a good man, Theon. And that, like... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's uh, and that's enough. And, like, he makes a final charge to the Night King, which was really kind of a waste, but but it looked pretty cool, and it was pretty brave, so... Good for Theon. He was gonna die anyway. Might as well make a charge. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, no, I really, I really liked that part. Like that's one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Actually, was yep. Theon's Theon's charge. That gave so. him like a second wind. Hmm. <laughs> so before we wrap up Bran's arc, I, I just want to say I really was frustrated that there was no flashback scene or they didn't touch. With the Night King, and like there's some vision, there's they no might get dialogue. Do you think they'll still do it? With Bran, I mean, they maybe. stared at each other for a solid minute. Like, there's <laughs> got to be something about that. How great would it, would it have been if you're having that big stare down and the Night King's over Bran, and he just looks at him and goes, Hello. <laughs> 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 uh. That would have made me happy. I don't know. I like the whole knife connection. I mean, I thought that was really cool. You know, giving her the knife. Brand new. Uh, saying that. Giving her yeah, cat's saying paw. That, say, saying I won't need it. And then that's the knife that killed him. I mean, I, I saw people arguing about, Bran can't see the future. But, I mean, if you like, if you know anything about green seeing, you can see the past, present, and interpretations of the future. So. I think those people are wrong, and I just thought it was a really cool thing, kind of like the Hodor, whole door thing. I mean, w- I mean, way less smaller scale, but I thought that was a really cool thing because for everyone to say that Bran did absolutely nothing, he just did a little less than absolutely nothing, in my opinion. He gave. Wish you could have seen White Hodor. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would be scary, man. Yeah, I'm okay not seeing that. <laughs> yeah. So my memories of Arya in this episode are a little blurry. I feel like she's just kicking a lot of butt. And then Pixie, she has like her big moment. But first, she's like kind of like who's she hanging out with and like what's she doing once she falls back into the Winterfell halls? 
Well, there was this great scene where she was going through the halls and the soundtrack just went out. And they utilized the silence really well to show her sneaking through and try to get by the White Walkers. But she, her head, she fell down backwards over the White Walkers into the castle. And so her head was cut and like they could hear the blood dripping. And the sound effects were great because that's all you heard. So it gave a great tone and setting for that scene. And then she, well, it's Beric and the Hound go after her when she's fighting. And they fight for her. And then, of course, Beric creates that wall to save her and sacrifices himself, which was beautiful and tragic all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But before that, the hound was just paralyzed. He was frozen, and it took Beric to convince him, and the hound seen Arya kicking some bitch in ass for you know him to snap out of it and assist her after she saved his life once. But when they're all together, like it was just pure close quarter fighting, which I really enjoyed compared to the large scene battles out front. But his so his his love for Arya, I shouldn't say love, but his a- admiration for her, it's pretty out in the open now. Does that feel weird for the Hound? It feels weird. Yeah, it feels a little weird, but it's slowly been building that way. Uh, I just was disappointed, a, l- a little disappointed. I mean, she's like the ultimate warrior. She, well, sorry about that. She's killing everyone, and then she loses her weapon, and then all of a sudden, she's kind of useless. I, was, I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. She fell. She got her head smashed into a wall. After falling down backwards over Whitewaters. Yeah. That's another thing I only learned from the post-show, Stevie. I didn't realize yeah. that was a bad concussion. Having had a concussion Ooh. before, they're not fun. She's got some Makes CTE. you super scared, apparently. A girl does not get scared. No, we don't. <laughs> So she continues through, and like Beric Dondarrion has, you kind of touched on it, but I found it to be actually pretty funny when he's like in the doorways, just like holding on with both of his arms, like getting stabbed like a pincushion. Christ-like figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I thought the, resurre- the resurrection thing with him worked like he would die like a normal person and then get rezzed. I didn't know he could just like withstand that much punishment. It's pretty impressive. But then, yeah, because he ended up running with them, right? For like, a while. Oh yeah, even after. Yeah, that. I, was, I was like, oh, he's dead. And then I was like, oh crap, he's still running. <laughs> <laughs> pretty impressive. Stevie, finish us out here. What does Arya do? It's been all over Twitter, and every everyone loves it. What happens here at the end? When she goes bunnies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's uh, before that it's the Hound. Um, Beric dies and Melisandre in the hall. Melisandre like goes back to season three, telling her, you know, you're gonna close the eyes of blue, green, and brown. And she also goes back to um, what was her sword instructor? Uh, she changed name? the order in this episode. Serio Pharrell. What was Cereal it? Pharrell. Cereal Pharrell. Cereal Pharrell, yeah. Yeah, he was the one that said, what is? Uh, what do we say to the god of death? Not today. And then for 20 minutes, we forget about Arya. It was great. Cause, um, you didn't know what was up with that. Yeah, you just you lose track of Arya. It was perfect planning. 
So I've, I think I got this guy's name right. His name is um, Ramin Javadi. He's the one that composed uh, the Night King score during like this 10-minute stretch of just chaos where I thought they were going to end the episode. so much. Oh, it was so cool. So beautiful. So he's walking in slow-mo to Bran. He grabs on the sword and you think, this is it. But before that, you focus on the White Walker's hair and a little bit of wind takes it. Oh, so cool. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Arya goes Air Jordan on the Night King. I mean, straight up bunnies. And the Night King grabs her by the throat, and you think it's all over. And that's when she drops Cat's Paw into her other arm, other hand and stabs him in the chest, and it defeats all the White Walkers. It was glorious. I really hate this trope that by killing the head, the rest, like, drop dead. Anybody have anything to, like, you know, push me back from the ledge with that? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be pointless at that point then? It's just kind of a giant ex machina that's been built in the stories just to make it easier, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think it's I think it's offset by like the fact that he has this power to raise the dead. Like that's so cool. Like I don't mind yeah. him having this giant weakness. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can't be too OP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> can can we give a, a shout out to the toughest person that's ever been on the show, uh Liana Mormont. I know Mikey hates her and was super pumped that she died, but I thought she was. Oh, really she's cool. a tiny bitch. I love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's the other character that had the heroic death killing a giant, like in the cave of Winterfell or something, or the wall? <sighs> that was yeah. uh, Gren and yeah. Pip, Pip. Pip might have been down there, but Pip died as well. But that was definitely Gren. He led the. Like five or six people down in the tunnel. Yeah, they killed one one's brother. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, the the king. Yeah, man, I miss one one. He's my boy. One one. I wish he was there last night. So tough. He would have killed. <laughs> oh, it'd been awesome. Six thousand white uh, whites. <laughs> Love one one. I was so pissed yeah, when he took, died. It literally took like eighty seven arrows. It took an to kill arrow him. to the eye, but they also gave Liana Mormont a sword to the eye, very similar to where one one fell. It did have that yeah. nice parallel. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else you guys wanted to hit on? I, I'm glad you brought up her. That was an epic part that I think we'll all remember. Anything else? Does anyone think the brown eye, blue eye, and green eye might have to do with Cersei, or do you guys not get into early I did. green eye Cersei, isn't it? Cersei has green eyes in the book and in the film, but... Yeah. Uh, but Jamie does in the book, Jeremy at least. does in the book, but he does not in the film. And then Lord... Baelish also has green eyes in the book. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like blue eyes or whatever. Well, and Walter Frey was supposed to be the brown eyes, but he's got like green eyes in the in the movie. Yeah, I, I just I just thought I just don't want Jamie to die. I think so that might just, just be like something she said in the books that was an awesome line. So they included it in the early season and then kind of used it as, as, a as a clue or callback, yeah, for this. Blue I'm just, I just want Cersei to die so much. I just don't care who does it at this point. Renee, you were going to say she something was not else. In this episode. Um, about her. Well, I mean, I'm uncertain. So I know somebody is going to kill Cersei, and I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be beautiful. But how that plays out. I mean, they wouldn't bring back a line from season three 
The emphasis, though, the order was different, and the emphasis was on the blue this time. There's a big pause. Right. So I think they intentionally switched the order for us to ignore the green part of it and focus mm. on the blue for this specific season and this moment that she had. Plus, I feel like she needs to like utilize her face ability at least one more right. time. That's what like someone brought up the, the prophecy of, you know, you'll see your three kids die and you'll die, and I think the words were like your younger, your younger brother's arms. The and they're like, yeah. And that they're like, well, that means Jamie could kill her. They're like, well, what if it's Arya who kills Jamie, who cuts his face off and kills Cersei, which would be half cool and half devastating because I love Jamie, but I don't know. I just want her to die. She's so awful. What do you, what do the rest of you guys think, Pap? How do you think she'll die? Because like, she could go out like. Uh, Who's the older lady who like drank the wine and poisoned herself? Tyrone. Mm-hmm. She could go out maybe like one of her kids. Like maybe she'll go out like Joffrey, be poisoned nastily on the side. She could like I don't know. What do you guys think? She's got to die. I, I said to I said to Brittany like two days ago. I go. I'm getting more and more convinced that either Jamie's gonna kill Cersei or Cersei's gonna kill Jamie. Uh, I still almost kind of feel that way. I so, think she'll jump out of the Red Keep. No, she would suffer. I really wonder if Ooh, she's that's pregnant. That's what Common did. Yep. Yeah. But I wonder it, if it she's pregnant. It from, rotates from parent hmm. to, to child, child to parent in like the Red Keep suicides, and Cersei's the next one. Ooh. You don't think she's pregnant? You don't think she might be faking it or what? I think that's why she had sex with Euron on the last episodes, so that she could cover up her pregnancy with Jamie. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that baby kills her in the way that Tyrion killed his mother. Ooh, that'd be nice. It wouldn't be a good it enough death for her. It wouldn't be satisfying, but it'd be a death. I'd like to see her get eaten by dogs like Ramsay. Oh, Jesus. oh I just watched that episode eaten, before watching. Or eaten by the hound. <laughs> I didn't I mean think... to bring up soft torture porn here towards the end of the episode. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I was going to say, I just think Leave either way, like, any evidence from the books, like the Valonqar, which is, like, intentionally not included in the show when Cersei has that flashback to the witch's house or whatever it was, like, that is all out the window. Like, D&D, like, they, they made it clear in their, like, post-episode thing. They said, like, we've known for three years now that Arya was going to kill uh, the Night oh, King. And yeah. to Brett's point... Season five is literally when the show started diverging from the book. So I think that they can cherry pick whatever they want from the show. But it feels like, one, there's a little bit of bad blood between them and George, probably for good reason. Two, they're not going to be beholden to any prophecies like stuff in the Tower but of the Dying the, or whatever. Like They're not going to pay any attention to anything that's not in their uh, canon. But I'm saying the was the prophecy, was that not, was that post, was that pre-season six? No, the yes. the yeah, the preseason six, but like I said, like that the the little brother thing is not in the show version of that prophecy. Oh, it's not okay. Yeah. I just I just read the quote. I thought it was from the show. Okay, no. So this episode that's cool. That makes sense. This episode was epic. I mean, they defeated the ultimate dark winter is coming evil that we've all been waiting for, and now they're gonna go take on a pirate. So let's uh, go <laughs> into our yes or no's. Uh, Brett, you want to kick us off? Oh, oh yeah, this is amazing. I I can't believe this has gone 45 minutes. I want to go watch it, but I won't be able to. It's going to be too late. So definitely, yes. Awesome. 
Pixie, Renee, special guests. Uh, this Bama. is a yes. I watched it back to back with the Battle of the Bastards. And I have to say oh. this battle was longer and more epic in grand scale and with score and just visuals. So some of the deaths weren't as satisfying, but we did get the Night King killed. So I'm happy there. Awesome. Pappy? Yeah, this is a yes. Uh, I mean, like Renee said, the, a Battle of the Bastards, Blackwater. Uh, there's so many. Like, this show is going to have, at the end of the day, the best collection of battles ever mm-hmm. you know, put to film, you know, be it TV or movies or whatever, however you want to do it. So, this is another chapter in that. I, I, I know Mikey's frustrations are coming, and I know that, that Josh has some complaints as a, as a book reader where that text might be a little bit more rich, but like, this last season in Game of Thrones, it just it's like the Beach Boys. Like maybe it doesn't have all the sustenance of some other artists, but it's you can't fault the craftsmanship. It's A plus all around and I I love it. So hard yes. Awesome. Me. I'll give this a yes to Josh. Um great episode. I don't think it's necessarily like in my top five ever, honestly. I prefer the episodes that are like grittier and like I'm thinking back on that fight that Bronn has in season one with like a Knight of the Veil. Like I, I love that stuff and where Game of Thrones is at when it's on that level. Um, but a huge yes for this episode. Um, Stevie, why don't you finish this out? Uh, definite, definite hard. Yes. For this episode, I absolutely loved the reversals throughout the episode from the Dorthraki to uh, Arya, to um, the Night King not being able to be killed by fire. Just, I thought it was an amazing episode. One of my favorites ever made. Uh, especially when they can do that like on a $15 million budget. I thought it was absolutely stunning. So, hard, hard yes for me. Awesome. And we got a little extra content here for our listeners. Mm. Um, we have Mikey's write-in, and it's a bit of a rant. I was thinking, guys, it would be fun to... I posted it in the thread just a second ago. Uh, I thought we could take turns reading through his points. And even Pixie Bomber, you're not going to read any parts, but I thought you could get a quick moment after each point to kind of uh, argue against Mikey. Oh, okay. The greatest <laughs> deliberator. Just, she can't defend himself against me. Exactly. I, I think like it'll it. be hilarious. But I'm only going to give you like a, a, a quick second to do that. I'll so be efficient. I'll go first, and then Pap, you can go next, and we'll go down from there. But. Mikey has a list of things he did not like, and we'll start there. He said, the poor, the battle plan was poor. Should have used arrows and catapults way more. Dragons are basically living fighter jets, and they are barely used. Everyone should be inside the castle, not outside getting murdered. <laughs> I agree with him on the catapults. They should have led those fireballs over. There you go. All right. Man. Um, so what does it start at? Bad visuals? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad visuals. It's just way too difficult to see the action that's supposed to be going on. I felt like the cool visual of Jorah being in the battle lit by surrounding Dothraki swords was missed. And we got a really lame retreat viewed from a distance instead. Was he watching it on like his computer or something? <laughs> that's no, what I thought. The cinematography was amazing considering they shot all of it at night. But there were some great visuals. Uh, the CGI, there's some moments that weren't the best. But, you know, budget limiting. I just think he's not watching the same thing we did. 
I think he watched a very compressed viewing. Mikey's yeah, internet in has been. Mikey's internet's flaked out before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was in the episode proper, Stevie. Can you just like break that down real quick because that was news to me when you were saying that. So last night, if you watched it like through like a cable box or any type of cable connection, it was a really compressed file you were watching. And if you watched it like through like the streaming services, you were watching the way it was supposed to be seen. So I was so confused huh. when I got on Twitter and people were like I couldn't see anything. I was like, I thought it was gorgeous. <coughs> like I could see everything. Yep, and I watched it on a cable box, so I'm definitely gonna watch it on the HBO Go app. Stevie, will you pick us up with Mikey's next complaint? Lost themes from the beginning. It seemed as if point as if the point of the series was a force so deadly would unite the north and the south and bring peace to the kingdom. The Night King is dead, but Cersei is still being a turd. Wait, what? <laughs> that just seems like a madman rambling. Yeah, I know. Oh, I think he has a point. I think a big part of Thrones is like all the squabbles, the political BS is put into context because we know this huge bad thing is coming. And I feel like the show's kind of said like this isn't actually the real bad and kind of brush it to the side. Hmm. No? No, Martin's always said that like that that's what his biggest complaint with uh Lord of the Rings was was that oh they destroyed the ring and everything's hunky dory. Like he always wanted to break down okay once what happens after the existential threat is taken care of? Like that's kind of expected. I, I think the books gonna do the same thing. This is more layered with who thinks who is bad and who is in denial of some things, like Cersei. Mm-hmm. Or does she just not care? <laughs> Brett. It's hard to tell. Uh, Bran is nothing more than a security camera that is mostly <laughs> offline and not recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of lost on what his purpose is and why it is so important that the Night King doesn't get to him if the only power Bran has is sometimes warging into a bird and sneaking a peek at the Night King, <laughs> cracking a few <laughs> cold ones with the boys. <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, as the Three-Eyed Raven, he records all of the memories of the world, so I think he's just using the ravens to record it. But... I think there was a deeper meaning that we just don't know yet, and we have to wait it out a little bit. Gotta be patient, Mikey. I'll take the last one. Arya parachuting in on the Night King and killing him instantly. Not a great payoff in my eyes, and felt forced by having Arya kill him so easily. They tried to kill him with the fire first. That didn't work, which I knew. And I thought it was great. I mean, and just, Theon tried to kill him. Well, yes, we but Theon's not. Two seasons. Theon's <laughs> not that bitch, and we all know that Arya is. <laughs> all right, Pappy, why don't you finish this out? Because Mikey did have a couple things that he did like. Okay. He has, has a couple paragraph breaks. <laughs> things I liked: the action is obviously good. The production and set are always top tier. The kid getting squished by the giant is huge fan service to me. <laughs> the kid. <laughs> she has a name. She has a name. Mikey. Mikey's heartless. Oh, Mikey. Pixie Bomber, uh, how can people follow you on social media? Oh, I uh, am very active on social media. It's Pixie underscore Bomber on Twitter and Instagram. P-I-X-I-E. Oh, I have right? a spell? Yeah, that's me. Well, <laughs> and Pappy, are there anything 
is there any like housekeeping we need to do and do you want to toss it to spoiler man uh, I look for uh, a Endgame podcast potentially coming out with uh, superhero correspondent PK and then Indiana Jones or Return to the Movie Game coming up soon. But that should be it. Take it away, Spoder King. <laughs> Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. That was spoilers.